Tonight's program is brought to you by the China Hockey Group. The CHG is a family-focused group of ice hockey leagues, training programs, and community initiatives. They focus on the growth of hockey in Hong Kong and southern China, as well as the development of student-athletes, where sporting goals are achieved alongside educational pursuits. The CHG is comprised of a number of hockey programs. Established in 2011, the CIHL is Hong Kong's elite adult hockey league. The Junior Tigers program is Hong Kong's premier youth hockey organization, featuring the Scotia Bank Island League and Learn to Play and Learn to Skate programs. The SCIHL is an adult league for those seeking a more recreational experience. In addition, the CHG showroom is the exclusive reseller of Bauer Warrior hockey equipment and offers services including skate sharpening and fittings. For more information and links to their social media sites, go visit ChinaHockeyGroup.com. That's ChinaHockeyGroup.com. Hey hockey fans, welcome to Across the Pond, Hong Kong's first and only hockey podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ivany, here with a very special guest tonight, as always, the great Terry Whalen. How you doing, Terry? Yeah, grand, Chris. Uh, what about yourself? Well, I'm not as excited as you are today. Uh, uh, yeah. Congratulations, buddy. The Islanders. Yeah, I had, uh, I had a lot to do with it. Yeah, you I, did, of I, course. I, I had a lot to do with it. I only know a handful of Islander fans, and you're one of them. So congratulations uh, to you and yeah. the, the Wall family. The, well, I was out to see uh, out to see uh, a game. I saw game two yeah. with, uh, in DB with, uh, with uh, Jeff and uh, Nate and Cam. The fam. Yeah, so uh, it, was, it was nice. And uh, yeah, uh, many rivers to cross, and uh, yeah, the Bruins will be yeah the Bruins will be something else. But yeah, still playing hockey. Good to see. How, how confident? How are you feeling about round two? Uh, why why can't they win? I agree. You know they're, they're well coached. They're well coached, and uh, and uh, you know there. I think that's the biggest thing. That's yeah. the biggest uh, you know advantage they have. Yeah, I think they, you're right. They've bought in, and uh, they hang around, like you said. They hang around. They just keep hanging <laughs> around, hanging around. So uh, hopefully. Uh, yeah, maybe find, uh, you know, a rask will be tough to beat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, what about the Habs tomorrow now? Uh, I'm not 100% confident. I right. really hope they can get a win in Montreal. Yeah. Uh, it'd be great for the city. Um, it'd be great to uh, send it to game six, and That's, you never know. And then you never know. Exactly. So. Anything can happen. So, so. so Terry, we got uh, a, a real uh, exciting one on the blocks for tonight. <laughs> I mean, people, we've been waiting for this one for a while, bud. I'll tell you, it took a, it took a while to get around to it. And, yeah. then, and then when I decided that we were going to talk about the Mighty Ducks, yes. why just talk about the Mighty Ducks? Uh, tackle the entire yeah get it over with the franchise <laughs> the franchise talk of the whole thing yeah well let's get right into it terry uh we have the mighty ducks tonight yeah the uh, the mighty ducks and and maybe chris the best way to put it is the mighty ducks of hollywood yeah yeah because uh if if goon was the rudy of hockey movies then the mighty ducks is the bad news bears <laughs> or or maybe it's the star wars a multi-film saga that has morphed into a television series and has sold a shit ton of merchandise along the way. Uh, although Star Wars has not been the basis for an actual professional sports franchise. Not yet. Not yet, yeah. Uh, which it brings up, and that's a, I think that's a salient point, the, uh, the Mighty Ducks are really two stories. There's the Mighty Ducks of Hollywood. Mm -hmm. This includes three feature films, Mighty Ducks, D2 and D3, Terminator ripoff in the name, anyone? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but also Mighty Ducks, the animated series, 
26 half-hour episodes, which ran from 1996-97 on Saturday mornings on ABC, and whose first three episodes were repackaged into a direct-to-video Mighty Ducks the Movie, The First Face-Off. And finally, Mighty Ducks Game Changers, a 10-part TV series currently airing on the Disney Plus channel, and the impetus for me to do this, to enter this universe. However, there's also the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim, the Anaheim Ducks, the National Hockey League franchise, not made up of good-hearted but clumsy and disadvantaged children, but actual professional athletes who began play in 1993-94 and who owe their very existence to a movie-TV cartoon series, which is mind-blowing when, when you think about it. Yeah, yeah the... the Origin story for that team is 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 truly unique in in North American professional sports. Totally. Yeah. Now, um, today we're we're going to talk about the Mighty Ducks of Hollywood. Um, inevitably, there will be some spillover into real life, but the focus is going to remain there. Mm-hmm. And I think the best way to start, Chris, is by asking you. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, you you were the target audience. For, how old were you in in 1992? I was 10. You were 10. So I mean, bang on, target bang on. Yeah, yeah. So so tell me a little bit about uh, uh, watching these movies as a 10 year old. As a 10 year old, a 10 year, a 12, and and, a, and I a can't even teenager. imagine you going back now watching D1. That must have been hard. <laughs> or, it's not called D1. Sorry, Mighty Ducks One. <laughs> yeah, right. That must have been tough. I uh, mean, I I went back and watched it a couple weeks ago, the first one, and it was, didn't really hold up. Um, I loved it as a kid. The storylines were are made for kids. Yeah. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Yeah. And it was the whole franchise was built around Disney and the quacking ducks. Yeah. And all of these things were very childish. So yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it was totally just directed towards ten and twelve year olds. Yes, and but, I, but as a ten year old. It was awesome. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, I mean it was everybody every I remember watching this movie and then talking about it and people like redoing scenes and yeah. trying to do the flying V on the pond. Sure. Like I mean we went through all those things. The knuckle puck in the uh, driveway. Yeah, I could yeah. never I could never get the knuckle puck down. But I mean I remember these moments like uh yeah. So definitely it was huge when I was a kid. Right. And and again you you hit the nail on the head. It's an age thing. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I was too old for them at the time. You know, and I don't like children now. So, you know, I, I, I will say, though, I, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Uh, you were right, though. Uh, having never seen them before, what I thought of as the Mighty Ducks was really D3, like age-wise. Yeah. And they were like yeah, I, I, Yeah, I was really taken aback at how, right. at how childish that first one was. Mm-hmm. But, but seeing these for the first time as an adult, I, I'd say something like uh, Mighty Ducks was a, a slight albeit charming piece of Disney live action. Mm-hmm. D2 was in some ways a bigger, air quotes, better film mm-hmm. than the original. And, and while D3 is the least endearing of the trilogy, for a variety of reasons, I really didn't find it that much different from the first two. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no Godfather 3, Slapshot 2, Slapshot 3 drop-off in right. quality, right? Yeah, one, one thing with sequels is that they often end up damaging the original. Yeah. Right, they uh, you know they can be so bad that you end up wondering whether the original was any good in the first place. Right, and and I don't I don't think that happened here. No, and the critics disagreed. Oh, I, there's one thing I was surprised was to read the critical reaction to all three of these movies. Uh, you know, again, knowing how beloved that that they are. Yeah. Um, the nicest thing Roger Ebert said in a two star review. <laughs> Uh, of the Mighty Ducks, as he called it, a, a movie that could have been written by a computer program, mm-hmm. and and he called D three a truly dreadful film. Uh, that tepid reception was par for the course. Uh, 
But Ebert also called the first Ducks movie sweet and innocent, and at a certain level it might appeal to younger kids. I doubt if its ambitions reach much beyond that, and boy was he wrong there. Yeah. Disney was very pleasantly surprised at the reception for the first film, and uh, that would have far-reaching ramifications right. in real life. And originally uh, a more serious film. Yeah, that's correct. And the coach's drinking was much more prominent. Mm -hmm. And it's not by mistake. His name is a combination of two of the most popular gin brands in the world. Gordon's. Yeah, and Bombay. And Bombay, yeah. So uh, yeah, the humor was, was cruder. Yeah. You know, there were fart jokes and <laughs> yeah. nut shots. And it, it was like a, a little slap shot, you know, redux. Um, <laughs> once Disney optioned the screenplay, it became much more formulaic. But to its credit, it was inclusive, uh, perhaps to a cynical degree as the franchise evolved. But, you know, that's something that hockey's working on to this day, yeah. is to be the, be the big tent. Um, one, one example of the worlds colliding is uh, Stephen Brill was the guy who, uh, who wrote all three films, and he wrote the recent TV series. So this is really his brainchild. Mm -hmm. he, uh, in, in, he eventually sued Disney for a cut of that sweet, sweet merchandising money. He had to One, sue them. He had to sue them. Once they became the Anaheim Ducks oh, right. and they sold a million jerseys, he had to sue them because that was my idea. Where's my cut of that cash? Wow, I didn't know that happened. Yeah, so. Okay, so uh, let's recap the films, the yep. TV series. And then um, I'm going to throw a few questions at you uh, well, about yeah. the whole trilogy. Yeah, that's yeah. right. We can we can have a little back and forth yep. about uh, about the uh, the three of them in in general. So the uh, the first Mighty Ducks told the story of Gordon Bombay, peewee hockey player turned obnoxious lawyer turned peewee hockey coach with a heart of gold. After a DUI, Bombay is forced to perform 500 hours community service by coaching the local peewee hockey team. Though he initially hates doing this and his team's lack of talent. He eventually grows fond of the kids, particularly Charlie Conway. Serving as a surrogate father to a kid starved for one and a gifted coach to a team that desperately needs one, Bombay ultimately leads the Ducks, known at the start as District 5, to the league championship over Coach Riley and his Hawks, the same team, uh, the same coach and team that Bombay played for as a kid. Yeah, full circle. Indeed, yeah, um, well put. Yeah, so you said Disney was actually surprised by the success of the first movie. Yeah, I don't think they really realized what they had on their hands. Do you think and that's because like hockey in the States maybe it, uh, hadn't it, really blown that, up yet? That's exactly right. And again, all this ties back to, you know, Gretzky, Gretzky yeah. coming back, uh, coming in a few years earlier, mm -hmm. right? Coming into yeah. L.A. This is what, you know... A, a real genesis of this. Right. Um, and it was a hit by any measure. Yeah. Uh, it filmed in Minneapolis, St. Cloud. Uh, it was released to coincide with the start of the 92-93 NHL season. It did 51 wow. million box office on a $10 million budget. And uh, that leaves it behind only Miracle as far as, as hockey movies really? go. Really? Yeah. And how far off? I forget the totals. Uh, was it close? Oh, uh, Miracle was low 60s. Okay. So, yeah, very much in the neighborhood. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Now, uh, uh, Charlie Sheen was offered the Gordon Bombay role. Yeah. Yeah, and he turned it down, and his brother, former Brat Packer Emilio Estevez, got the role. <laughs> yeah. And, and here, Chris, I would like to mention that the, the reading, the, the research I did for this, everyone involved in these movies, um, the, uh, the Disney people, the child actors, yeah. the NHL guys who make cameos, mm -hmm. everyone agrees Emilio Estevez good dude yeah yeah they all no one had a bad word to say about well, it. well that's good to hear yeah and and i think you know as an actor here he does a really good job 
in all of these movies. He, yeah, he never totally. acts. He never acts like he's above the material. Could you imagine someone like Robert Downey Jr. You know, smug assholing his way yeah. through these, rolling his eyes, right, and and you know, and not taking it while they're passing eggs on the ice <laughs> with sticks. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly right. It, yeah, it takes a little reserve. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I, I thought he did a great job. Yeah. Uh, now, now, Bill Murray was who they wanted originally. But they determined that he was too old. Mm. And uh, names like Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, Michael J. Fox, they were all attached at, mm. uh, at one point. Um, seven of the kids appear in all three movies. And the series does an okay job in giving some character to the caricatures. Mm-hmm. I mean, Goldberg's always going to be the fat kid. Yes. You know, Fulton Reed's always going to be the, the tough guy, headbanger, etc. cetera. Uh, but the, the series follows Charlie Conway the closest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal had that role. Oh, really? Yeah, but his parents wouldn't let him do it. What? Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't skate good enough? Uh, well, none of them could skate. We'll, yeah, we'll no, talk about that. I was yeah. going to say, that wouldn't have even been an issue. No, it's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, but they wouldn't let him do it. And yeah. and another UJ, Leonardo DiCaprio, wow. was was considered for the role, but again, eventually played by Vancouver-born mm-hmm. uh, Joshua Jackson. Correct. Yeah, and all the young actors lied and said they could skate well. And so this forced the producers into holding a summer hockey camp before they got down to filming. Right. They all showed up and none of them could skate. So, you know, yeah, it was behind right at the start. Wow. And, and, and we'll talk a little later, Chris, about your favorite player, et yep. cetera. But, you know, going back and watching these as an adult, mm-hmm. um, was there a, an actor or a, a scene, a moment that sort of stood out? Um, I think the actor that stood out the most, I think you hit the nail on the head, first of all, about Emilio Estevez. He really, um, he really brought it. He, he had his yeah. A game. Yeah. And um, he, he, like you said, a very tough role to play. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, playing a, a role in a, in a silly hockey movie like that must have been very difficult. But my favorite, uh, my favorite actor is definitely uh, Eldon Henson. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just thought he just did such a great job. And um, yeah, for some reason, he stood out to me. Okay. Yeah. Um, the, the, one, uh, I, the one guy I'd like to draw attention to mm-hmm. is a noted that guy actor, Lane Smith. Right. Uh, he played Coach Riley. And uh, I remember him best as the Southern lawyer in My Cousin Vinny. Uh, you cannot have a good Disney movie without a good villain. Right. right? You know, think Scar in The Lion King or yeah. Cruella de Vil in 101 Dalmatians. And uh, here Smith as the whispery, mean despot who hides behind good manners and haunts Gordon Bombay's dreams. I mean, he's, he's great in this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, one note um, was uh, Hans. The mentor's mentor, mm-hmm. right? Gordon's mentor. Yeah. Uh, Josh Ackland was that actor. He, uh, when I was watching these, I saw it. I said, that guy. And I said, now what movie was that guy in? And I had to stop the movie because I couldn't get that out of my head. Right. And I, and I did come up with it without cheating, without going to IMDb. Yeah. Josh Ackland, Hans, he was in, uh, do you remember, again, Mighty Ducks was a big franchise, mm-hmm. but- Huge buddy cop franchise, uh, Lethal Weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Yes, with uh, uh, Riggs and Murtaugh, uh, Mel Gibson, Danny mm-hmm. Glover. Yeah. The second episode or the second the installment second, yeah. was the uh, the South Africans were the bad guys, and uh, hiding behind diplomatic immunity. Yeah, that was him. That was him. Oh, and wow. you know, and every time they got into trouble, he pull out the passport and say diplomatic immunity. Right. Yeah, until the end when he tried it once too often and, and Danny Glover, you know, shot him between the eyes right. and said it's yeah. been revoked. Yeah, that's that was the same awesome. guy. Wow, that's the same guy. That's the cool. same guy. So A lot of these actors, I mean, they've been, when, when you look at their IMDb's, they're 
They're huge. Yes, is a exactly. lot of them. A, a lot, lot of them. A lot of roles. So, yeah. Terry, was there always going to be a D two? Uh, no, but uh, the surprise popularity of the first film and the ongoing machinations to make the Mighty Ducks an NHL franchise it made the sequel a foregone conclusion. Mm -hmm. Disney head honcho Michael Eisner went so far as to call the first movie market research. D2, The Mighty Ducks, was the trilogy's biggest film. Key members of the team, formerly known as District 5, teamed up with hockey prodigies from around the country to represent the United States at the Junior Goodwill Games. Bombay, having recently returned to coaching after being injured in a minor league game, leads the team to Los Angeles, where he goes Hollywood, forsaking his team to kibitz with the stars. Yeah. After a, a devastating loss to Iceland, Bombay rediscovers his love for the game, and the Team USA Ducks pull off an unbelievable come-from-behind shootout victory against their rivals in the final game prompted by a jersey switch, and secured when Julie, the cat Gaffney, saves Iceland's final attempt by Gunnar Stahl. D2 was filmed in Minnesota, Los Angeles, released in March 1994. It did $46 million in box office, making it number three all-time uh, for hockey movies. And, you know, it's a bigger, more ambitious movie, mm -hmm. as, as is the case with, with many sequels. Right. So in D2, they introduced some new characters. Yeah. Um, why were some characters kept, and why do you think some were dropped? Yeah, and, and again, as far as I could find, it, it seemed as if it was nothing personal. Okay. There, there didn't seem to be any real dirt behind it. It's, it's common for a sequel to shift the focus on characters and to introduce new ones. Um, this led to the great getting the gang back together sequel right. uh, when they're roller skating through the mall of america mm -hmm. and you know through town everybody getting back i thought that was a that was a highlight of the show yeah. or of the of the film um it was smart or cynical to have most of the new characters come from non-traditional hockey markets like texas and florida uh, the kids in the movie were out of the loop read the forthcoming crossover synergy with the nhl but the disney corporation was gearing up for marketplace domination which is to this day, their want. Uh, the final game between Iceland and the USA Mighty Ducks was the first event ever at the Arrowhead Pond in Anaheim. Uh, they had 15,000 fans on the day for filming, and after that used cardboard cutouts, strategic cameras wow. to, uh, to reshoot Wow, I didn't know that. It. I didn't know they were the first to play there. That, that was the first event ever wow. at the pond. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And was there ever such thing as the Junior Goodwill Games? Uh, there was not. No, um, do, you rem so. do you remember the Goodwill Games? I remember the Goodwill Games, yeah. Right, and that was Ted Turner's, uh, you know, uh, answer to the Olympics. Right. They, they had four or five of those. Um, and again, there's no way the Olympics would give permission right. to uh, use their name. Ted Turner was happy to, to get the, uh, the, free ad, uh, the free ad time. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and again, I, I, I understand, you know, the idea of raising the stakes for the sequel you know, making it bigger. But going from playing the Hawks uh, to be Minnesota's peewee champs to playing internationally, mm. you know, even, even with some ringers, that's quite a leap. Um, I will say, Chris, Iceland was an inspired choice as the villain. Yeah. Um, despite never producing an NHL player and currently being ranked 33rd by the IIHF, that's one behind Israel, yep. it sounds like a place where they'd be good at hockey. Yeah. And you don't upset a foreign market where you hope your film will perform, mm -hmm. like Sweden or, say, Canada. Yeah, or how, Russia, uh, or yeah. Finland. How, how would your, you know, 10, 12-year-old ass, uh, you know, <laughs> little caper ass have felt if they were beating Canada 
in exactly. the shootout, no. right? No, it doesn't no. work. No, that's bang on. That's exactly why they chose Iceland. That's exactly why they chose Iceland. And the name Ice. Or the, yeah, it's the right word the, Ice is right in the it name. It is so. right in the name. Yeah, yeah it's so perfectly. It's perfect. Yeah. And, uh, and now, all that being said, yeah. I'm at a loss to explain the presence of Trinidad and Tobago. Well, it's like the Jamaican bobsled team. There it is, I guess. <laughs> I mean, right? it yeah. just makes absolutely no <laughs> sense. But I think you're right. I mean, they couldn't use any countries that actually, um, you know, hockey countries, or, right. so to speak. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think that's uh, that's the one. And Iceland, I thought they did a great job of making them look mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh, right from the coach down. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, again, a good villain. Very good villain. Right? That's yeah. what that's what you need in your Disney movie, right? You always right? need a yeah. good villain. Uh, the, yeah, the Danish actor Karsten Norgard, is, uh, he's the Iceland coach, Wolf Stanson. Uh, he said he was channeling ex-Laker coach uh, Pat Riley. You know, perhaps with that haircut, eh? The scowl. The scowl. Yeah. yeah. I uh, uh, I did like the lesson after uh, Gunnar Stahl gets stopped in the shootout, and Wolf tries to blame him for the loss. Yeah. And uh, you know, tries to pin him, and the and the young guy says, "You you lost it for yourself." You yeah. know, in that sort of semi Ernie kind of kind of accent. And, yeah. Uh, you know, as opposed to how little Gordon Bombay acted when Coach Smith pulled the same stunt on him. Right. You know, maybe if. Maybe if little Gordon had shown a little more resolve, he wouldn't have grown up hiding in alcohol. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or, or Chris, is the real villain, is the real villain of this movie is it Don Tibbles, the Hendrix hockey executive who doesn't sell hockey gear. Right. Right. You know, uh, 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 the, you know when we're here from Hendrix hockey, we're making a real uh, play. And, yeah. and I, when I was watching on the, the second time through, yeah. I, I started looking for the, you know, the product placement. Uh, I saw CCM. I saw iTech, uh, Christian, Vaughn, Cooper, Easton, uh, maybe Bauer. I might have missed them. Yeah. Yeah, but no Hendrix Hockey. No. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> that's, again, it's easy just to put it on the page and that's say, exactly. that, say yeah. this is what's happening. So, yeah, uh, yeah but he, he tries his best to lead Gordon astray, you know, with promises of the big time. Right. But, but Gordon snaps out of it, and he remembers the duck's way as taught to him by his l- trusted lifelong mentor, Hans. I mean, Jan, yeah. Han, Hans' brother, <laughs> will disappear yeah. once Hans get back from, you know, visiting their mom. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and again, as soon as I saw uh, Hans in D3, once Hans came back, I knew he was dead man walking. Right. I knew this is their, the best way to, you know, get a little emotion is, is going to be to kill someone off. Right. And yeah. yeah. You were right. And I was right. Yes, <laughs> I was right. Yeah, D3. So let's get into D3 then. D3 was, uh, it was released in uh, in October of 1996. Uh, the producers wanted to keep the uh, USA Mighty Ducks versus Iceland rivalry going. They wanted the Ducks to lose in the semis the next year to Iceland, but then help Iceland by showing them how to channel their inner duck. So Iceland could then defeat Bulgaria who it turns out are the real assholes of international peewee <laughs> hockey. Of course. Yeah. Uh, however, the focus group thinking of Disney executives, they wanted a high school setting and kissing. So it's back to Minnesota yeah. as high school freshmen enrolled at the prestigious and fictitious Eden Hall Academy. Without Bombay and reluctant to buy into the teachings of new coach Ted Orion, the Ducks nearly lose their scholarships until Bombay himself makes the last-minute save, using his legal acumen to earn the Ducks another chance. The Ducks go on to triumph in their final game against the school's varsity team, and that leaves us with a final shot of Bombay walking away from the ice and his celebrating former players, turning back only for one final smile. 
classic moment. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. There's so much, uh, there's, no, sorry, there's not as much hockey in D3, although, you know, they're a lot older. So yeah. the hockey is a little bit better, in my right. opinion. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, and there's certainly not as much Gordon Bombay. That, that's right. And, and not as much music. Right. Yeah. The, this is the only installment that does, does not feature Queen's We Will Rock You and We Are the Champions. And that's a budget tightening move. Yeah. Yeah, on Disney's part. So, uh, but you're right, Chris, off ice hijinks and puppy love, they're to the fore in this installment. Yeah. Uh, Emilio Estevez, uh, Estevez has about 20 minutes of screen time, though I thought it was good use of his time to put him in the courtroom. Right. Yeah, to use him uh, as, as that. Um, he only agreed to D3 and he took no salary uh, after Disney agreed to finance the war at home a Vietnam War on the Home Front passion project he directed and starred in, along with his father, Martin Sheen. And uh, it's a good film. And, uh, but Disney, they buried the release, and uh, it caused it to flop. Uh, on the other hand, D3, D3 was not a flop per se. Right. But its $23 million box office was not the return on investment the Disney bean counters were looking for. Um, again, it, it, Chris, the stakes are lower. Right. You know, after, after the uh, international hockey glory mm-hmm. of, of D2, you know, coming back to high school in Minnesota, it's a bit of a, bit of a letdown. Drop off, yeah. It's a drop definitely. off. And again, the lack of a villain. Mm. Is, is That's really, a great point. Yeah, is really what hurts it here, right? Yeah. yeah. There were times in that movie where I thought Estevez was going to come back and coach. Right. Because, I mean, there was, I don't know why, but it never happened. No, right. And, and then the problem, again, it turned, you know, Coach Orion, he takes Charlie C. Right. But it turns out, you know, we find out he's not evil. You know, he's just misunderstood. Right. Yeah. And, and you know the varsity team bully snobs, they're, they're going to get what's coming to them in the end. And, and school headmaster Dean Buckley, well, he's no Dean Wormer, that's for sure. You know, there's a, there's a couple of uh, overt attempts to rip off Animal House okay. in, in this movie, yeah. right? And, and now some of the actors like Estevez and Joshua Jackson, they were ready to move on. And for the rest of the young actors, it was a mixed bag. Yeah. Some would go on to productive acting careers. Uh, Keenan Thompson, who Major played... Career. Yeah, what yeah well, he's the knuckle puck shooting Russ in yep. D2-D3. He's just become the longest uh, serving cast member Saturday Night Live history. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. He's incredible. Yeah. Marguerite Moreau, who played Connie Moreau in all three films, she uh, she was in the raunchcom Wet Hot American Summer. She's had arcs on numerous TV shows, so yep. she's still very much a working actress. Um, some quit the business altogether. Uh, Mike Vitar, who played Luis Mendoza in D2 and D3, never made another movie and is a fireman in L.A., in LA excuse right. me. And some, inevitably became tabloid fodder. Mm. Uh, Jussie Smollett, who played Terry Hall in Mighty Ducks, he made headlines in 2019 when he faked a hate crime against himself in Chicago. And Sean Weiss, who played Goldberg in all three movies, fell into meth addiction. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, resulted in multiple arrests and a truly harrowing mugshot. Yeah. Do I want to see it? uh, It's it's heartbreaking. (laughs) It is, yeah. Uh, The good news now, though, is the man, apparently, is now sober. Yep. And, uh, of course, the best of luck with it. Yeah. You know, hopefully he can can turn that around. Yeah. Uh, Now, did you, uh, your thoughts on D3, My thoughts on D3, I don't, honestly, I don't remember the movie 100%. Yeah. Because it's been so long, and I don't, I thought, I think at that point of the series, Series. Like I'm in high school now, yeah, and I wasn't p- paying close attention to of it course. at all. Um, but I know that the hockey was better. I remember yeah. just because, um, yeah. So the 
there was less hockey, like you said. Yeah, but but the a... scenes were better. Yeah, I mean, I and there was kind of like less like um, childish antics, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. That you could say that we uh, saw yeah, take place in the first couple uh, movies again, that would never happen in a hockey right. rink. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, more more hijinks, right? That's right. I th- I think um, uh, uh, the way I'd I'd sum it up. Uh, maybe uh, Patty and Selma Bouvier uh, yeah. merges uh, sisters on The Simpsons, yeah. talking about uh, children, and uh, and they say the uh, the older they get, the cuter they ain't. Exactly. And uh, yeah, so it was... do you think that also leads to the change of characters as well? Because I mean, some characters change between the age of twelve and sixteen. Uh, of course. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Of course. Right. That's uh, that's a good point. You know, right. You're dealing with the real world. adolescence the real world yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so yeah it must be hard when you're when you're making sequels like that to not have the same cast and have to right. everyone has to kind of buy into these new characters ex- all the time exactly right so yeah. terry was there ever talk of a fourth mighty ducks movie oh uh, definitely i mean many involved still felt there was a story to tell yeah and, but as time went on disney moved away from the ducks both cinematically and in real life And it's not surprising that when the franchise was renewed recently, it was as a TV series. Um, Because to invoke one of the hoariest of cliches in the business, they just don't make, they just don't make movies like this anymore, Chris. You know, not with the CGI and the, and the MCU. Mm -hmm. That, that nineties time, you know, was a real era. Uh, Do you remember movie The Sandlot? Of course. uh, I've I've probably watched The Sandlot a hundred times. What a great (laughs) kids baseball movie, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, Little Giants, you know, is a, is a fun kids football movie. And you mentioned earlier, Cool Runnings. Cool Runnings. Is a fun kids bobsled movie. Exactly. Yeah. And, and uh, of course the the one, the one film I would uh, recommend to the listeners to uh, to check out is is the bad news bears. Right. Um, both the uh, original with Walter Matthau mm-hmm. and the remake with with Billy Bob Thornton. Um, they were both good. And and if you watch those, you can see some transgressive, non Disneyfied humor right. and uh, you know some trashy dash. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but Disney. Disney was not quite done milking this ducks thing just yet. Chris. No, no, they had to go animate it first, didn't they? They had to go animate, like the Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> <laughs> who's, right to, yeah, who's following who? Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> the uh, uh, so a month before the release of D three in '96, Disney premiered Mighty Ducks the animated series on Saturday mornings on ABC. So now stay with me here, yeah. Chris. There was once a planet called Puck World on which a race of anthropomorphic ducks lived. Okay. They take hockey seriously there, like we Canadians could learn a thing or two. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, uh, uh, they're invaded by a sinister reptilian race who takes over their planet. Then a band of re- determined rebels, the mighty ducks, manage to chase them away. During this fight, they are caught in a dimensional portal and end up stranded in Anaheim, California. The Ducks form a hockey team as a cover and build a secret base under the Anaheim Pond so they can continue to fight evil, solve crimes, and hopefully find a way home. Yeah, the head duck is called Wild Wing, as in the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim, Anaheim Ducks mascot. The mascot, yeah. Yeah, so were were you aware of this? I knew the the mascot was named Wild Wing, but that's probably the only thing I knew about the last 30... a minute you just, you just spoke. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot there. I didn't, honestly, I didn't, like I said, I was a little bit older. I didn't right. watch the Saturday morning right. cartoons yeah, yeah. at that point. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, it had already lost its appeal yeah, to me sure. at that point. Yeah. And again, it all comes down to age, right? Of course, yeah. yes. Very directed yeah, at a yeah, that's certain it. audience. Yes. Now, now the series, uh, the animated series, it was an inspiration for a ride found in a few of the Disney theme parks. Right. And different lines of toys were introduced based on the characters. Being a Disney production, the animation is good in that pre-Pixar way. Uh, there are some notable names doing voiceover work. Jim Belushi, uh, David Hyde Pierce, who's a Niles from Frasier, mm -hmm. Dennis Franz from NYPD Blue. The British actor Tim Curry from Rocky Horror Picture Show and countless other things, mm -hmm. he signed on thinking it was a live-action Mighty Ducks Force equal. And then they found, tricked him? Well, I don't think they tricked him, but I, I don't he think didn't read the fine print. his agent didn't read the fine print. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he's, he hung around for it, though. And again, it was, it was for a single season of 26 right. episodes. Mm -hmm. And as I said before, Disney then packaged the first three episodes and released it direct-to-video in April 1997 as Mighty Ducks the movie, the first face-off. That would be the last original content in the Mighty Ducks franchise until earlier this year with Mighty Ducks Game Changers. And, and we'll end with a word about that, Chris, but uh, some questions about the trilogy for you now in, sure. the, yeah, in, in general. Yep. So let's talk the, the movies in order that you enjoyed them. Um, well, only because of the age, I think one, two, three for yep. me. Um, and I, I don't, if I went back now, because I, like you said, watching them as an adult is a completely different experience. Right. Yep. I would probably say two yep. as an adult, only because... Like I said, less childish antics, yep. um, better villain, um, maybe more of um, not an adult themed storyline, but just a little, yep. a little bit more. Yes. So yeah, that would be my thing. So I would go. I'll go one, two, three. Go one, two, three. And yeah. I'm, I'm going to agree. I'm going to go one, two, three as well. I thought going in it would be two, one, three. Right. And one of those rare moments when the sequel bests the original. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like Godfather two better than The Godfather. Wow. And, and I understand why people prefer aliens to alien. <laughs> right. Right? That's, that's a close call there. Yeah. But the moment Dwayne got two minutes for roping exactly. in D2, that's, that's when the series jumped the shark for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could put up with a lot of foolishness, not wearing your helmet on the bench, <laughs> yeah. the triple sow cow figure skating goals, right? Yeah. But, but that irked me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as, as I said, and as what I think what you, I said before and what you just finished saying, yeah. you know, coming into these as an adult, with less emotional involvement, right. you know, it was diminishing returns, yeah. but, but gradually so. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I think we agree. One, two, three. Yeah. Now, uh, what about the hockey action? The hockey action is three, two, one. Three, me. two, one. Okay. Um, yeah. But I, I, there was a lot more hockey action in the second one, which yeah. was, you know, if that's what more what you want, right. more action, uh, but it wasn't as good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I'd say, I'd say two, three, one. Okay. Just again, there was there was more of it. Totally. Right. But yep. uh, uh, you know, uh, there's not as much in three, but maybe it's a little better done. Yeah. Uh, again, a better shot. The kids are older. Mm -hmm. I think is a big thing, right? Yeah. Um, the directors on these three movies were interchangeable. You know, often we we point out who who the director uh, it was, uh, but it's not like uh, it's not like in Slapshot where um, George Roy Hill brought his vision. Right. To you know, these are pretty you know. Uh, cookie cutter kind of films, right? right. Yeah, it's Stephen Brill, the guy who did the writing, I think uh, it deserves more of a, of a talk. So so uh, uh, as usual, whenever you have a hockey movie, the unsung heroes, mm -hmm. they're the skating doubles, right? right? The coordinators, uh, the cameramen, the editors, 
you know, hockey, it's hard to, it's hard to stage hockey. I know we keep saying this and yep. it's, there's nothing more true. I mean, it's a really hard, hard, hard sport to film. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's, I know, I mean, it's gotta be. Yeah. I, what about other sports, Terry? Like if you were to compare it to like a football movie, do you think that's easier? Because well, I think that's the reason you don't the shots see shots are high above. You're not seeing yeah, you don't, you, well, you don't, you don't see so many much. football movies, right? right. I, again, boxing, uh, and, and baseball. Yeah. Right. Baseball, of course, because it's slowed down. And I think baseball, it's probably even more the, the, the interpersonal drama. Right. Right. For actual, you know, sports action. You know, I think it all comes back to boxing. Yeah. Is probably the, probably the best. Probably the best. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Now, we, we can't talk about everyone, of course. Yeah. But best duck, worst duck, favorite duck. Who is yep. the best duck? The best duck. Well, that's tough. Yeah, no wrong answer. There's no wrong answer. Uh, Fulton Reed's my favorite. Okay. I mean, I can't get off All right. of him. Let's, let's talk favorite duck first then. What, why, why is Fulton Reed your favorite? I think Fulton Reed's my favorite is because he's something that I never was when I was a kid. He was tough. Yeah. Uh, big, yeah. intimidating. Uh, <laughs> As a kid, I, 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 yeah. I don't think you're. Any well, of those yeah, things you see me down. now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah. So I don't know. His big shot. Something I, you know, all of these reasons, and like, and, I, and he also, he had that ability to bring the emotion in when he needed to, and be an awesome teammate, and yeah. you know, have a big heart. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. I loved him. Now again, I, I for for best yeah. duck, you're absolutely right. Yeah, number forty four, Fulton Reed. I'm glad. Uh, again, the the shot shatters plexiglass, <laughs> right? Uh, rips through twine, uh, propels goalies backwards into the net. Mm -hmm. And uh, as you said, he's tough. He's one of the Bash brothers. Mm -hmm. uh, he's loyal. When uh, when Charlie leaves Eden Hall, he's the only one to go with him. Right. Uh, he's the only duck to score in all three movies. And he has the biggest goal in franchise history. Yeah. Yeah. He is his game winner against the Huskies to clinch that playoff berth in, yeah. in D1. That's, you know, without that goal, there's no Minnesota Miracle Man. There's yeah. no there's no international play. There's no scholarships. It all goes back to that. Right. Yeah. Now, but my my favorite, I think, would I'd say would be Lester. Lester Avery. Okay. Yeah. Now, again, if I'd seen these movies as a kid, maybe I'd pick someone different. Right. But, you know, I ID'd with, with Avery. Okay. You know, with the glasses, the humor. Yeah, he's you know. hilarious. Yeah, he, and he's, yeah. you know, he's not real good, but he, geez, he really enjoys being there and, right. and trying. And yeah, that pretty well sums up my, you know, uh, uh, athletic career. Yeah. Your lack thereof. So, yeah. Now, there's so many good characters. I mean, yeah, yeah. I could I could name a lot of them. But uh, my favorite, yeah. besides Fulton. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, would probably be Goldberg. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. It's got to be Goldberg. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, he's a, he's got a big role in all three movies. Yeah. Um, he's got a game winner. Yep. <laughs> Indeed. The, the slowest two seconds of <laughs> hockey ever ever played. <laughs> yeah. But it was a beauty. Yeah. Yeah. Right. How about uh, why don't we take a look at some of the cameos? So you mentioned earlier that there was a lot of famous NHL players, a lot of cameos. So. Yeah. Talk a little bit about those. Now, uh, the uh, uh, the first movie had uh, Mike Medano, mm -hmm. Basil McRae. Now, did uh, did you recognize those guys as as a kid? Oh, I recognized Mike Medano. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. not Basil McRae. Right. Yeah. Yes, but you realized uh, again you're you're watching a couple right. of real NHL stars. Yes, for right? sure. Yeah. yeah, and uh, if you if you watch that scene again, um, Emilio Estevez, he's standing on a box. 
because he's not like so like many smaller. yeah he's yeah. like like many actors he's <laughs> vertically challenged Big and time. the boys are in skates right yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny um, McRae and uh, Medano they still argue back and forth about who the better actor was <laughs> you know and yeah. and who got because McRae had had more of the lines and uh, Basil McRae he said uh, I'm still recognized today for that movie he said I uh, I played 15 years of pro hockey 30 seconds in a movie. I must have been some shitty player or that was some movie. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? Still, <laughs> Still right. recognized today, not for not for his years of toil. Oh, but yeah. I dude. find that hard to believe. Mm-hmm. A lot of must have been a lot of Basil McCrave fans at the time. <laughs> <laughs> now now uh, uh D two, yeah. of course being a bigger movie. Yeah. And and having the uh, you know, uh, everything a little bigger. Now the the four NHL guys. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna tell you the names and mm-hmm. I want you to tell me in order of NHL greatness, okay? okay. So we, we had uh, Luke Robitaille, we had Cam Neely, we had Chris Chelios, we had Wayne Gretzky. Order of greatness? Order of greatness. Obviously the great one. The number great one, one starts first, yeah. Uh, number two for me, Luke Robitaille. Uh-huh. High-scoring winger. Okay. Cam Neely, number three, and Chris Chelios. Hi. Although I did meet Chris Chelios when I was five years old. Why? Uh, he was late for practice, and we were at a Montreal practice. He wasn't allowed on the ice, <laughs> so he was sitting in the stands. We ended up uh, chatting with him, oh, that's meeting cool. players, and all that kind Isn't of stuff. Isn't that nice? Yeah, I yeah. love the Greg Luganis as well. Yeah. Now here's my next question. Yeah. There's three. There's three non-hockey players. Yeah. So there's Greg Luganis. Yeah. There's Christy Yamaguchi. There's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's right. Now, if they were hockey players, uh, who would be the best? You know, in order of hockey greatness, theoretical. Christy Yamaguchi, Obviously, number one. I think yes. Yeah. <laughs> Then Luganus, yeah, and then Kareem. And then Kareem. I really, would love to see Kareem on a pair of skates. I would. He'd see, probably hit the jumbotron. I'd put. I'd put Kareem too. I'd put Kareem. <laughs> I would. And, and It'd be the Chara of the era. Uh, I indeed. Yeah. yeah. Well, seven too. Yeah. yeah exactly. That'd, that'd be, he'd have the be reach. touching the jumbotron for yeah. sure. And and just a quick aside. Yeah. Um, D three. The whole idea of D three is the freshman team taking on the varsity. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lou Alcindor. Uh, arrived at the uh, on the campus of uh, UCLA 1965-1966. Uh, he'd grow uh, to change his name to convert to Islam and become Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. But when Lou Alcindor arrived in 65-66, uh, the NCAA, it's the exact opposite of what it is today. So co- college basketball now, you can be one and done. Right. You go in, you play your year, you go to the pros. Back then, no freshmen were allowed to play. You had to sit a year. And then you could play your sophomore, junior, senior okay, year. I didn't know that. So he arrives on campus with the uh, freshman team, and the freshmen play the varsity, and just as the as we see in, in D3. Right. Um, at that time, the varsity team for UCLA were two-time defending champs. Uh, they'd gone 58-2 and two over the previous two seasons. They were ranked number one in the country, mm-hmm. and Lou Alcindor, slash Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and his freshman teammates beat them by 15. Wow. So, That's awesome. I didn't even know about that rule. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. So they all, all the players had to sit out a year? Everyone. You could not play. They, did they practice and oh, oh, yeah, sit again. on the bench during games? No, no. You just practiced, you practiced and wow. you had your own freshman team, and then you Interesting. Yeah, moved on up. Wow. And Times now, have changed. Times have changed. You know, and why? Probably M-O-N-E-Y. Yeah. Is, is, is the big reason. That's right. There, there's only one cameo in. Uh, that in, surprises uh, me. Only one in the third. 
Yeah. Only one and, cameo. Yeah, but uh, who it is 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 Paul Correa, yes. uh, who is the star for the Ducks. Yeah, the the actual yeah. Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Were they I, still? When did they switch from Mighty Ducks to Ducks? Did you check that? They switched the year uh, that they Disney get out in two thousand five. What year did they win the cup? Uh, in 2006. 2006 or... Yes, I think I think that I think yeah. I'm correct there. Yeah. The the first year that Disney did not own them was the year they won the cup. Wow. Yeah. So Disney That's stayed great. in. That's yeah. great. Yeah. So, uh, but Korea, mm-hmm. uh, and again, it it's it's awkward. You know what I mean with that little that that kid that's doing the interviewing. Yeah. That's just such a child actor yeah yeah yeah, and it's you know it's a really i i thought it was he was sort of you know they sort of forced him in there of course yeah yeah it was a sort of an awkward cross promotion right right uh, a nice thing though uh, i did read to this day his ex-teammates bust his balls <laughs> anytime one of them <laughs> sees anytime yeah. one of them sees the movie on on tv or something yeah they send him a text and right. say you're rotten yeah you know That's it's awesome. a good thing you could skate yeah because, exactly you know, yeah oh great player Paul right. Green. Yeah. yeah now now chris a couple of a uh, couple of questions about um some of the trickeration yes that the ducks you know you know the rule violation the strategy yeah what did you think about the triple deke i love the triple deke hi who doesn't yes. love a triple deke? Yes. But he does it way too slow. Uh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but with it no, always with, worked. Yeah, with no helmet. No helmet, yeah, of course. Got to no show helmet. the flow. Right. And and that uh, uh, that's basically what Peter Forsberg did mm-hmm. against Corey Hirsch right. in Lillehammer, right? That's basically, yeah, that triple deke move. That's that, that's the real thing, it's right? It's the real deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then in, in D2... They're all concerned that Gunner is going to do the triple deke and then take a shot. Right. But and but all he does is is stick handle, and then it gets you know twenty five feet out and he and he lets one go. Stops. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever see that in a shootout? Do you not. You can't stop. Ah. You have to have continuous oh, motion towards the net. There you go. So the, you can't pull up. You can't pull up. The puck uh, cannot come to a stop. Uh, yeah. Once it does, it's over. I see. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the, there's kind of some situations in the NHL with spinoramas. Right. And like changing direction. Because right. you can, because the puck is still being propelled, it's still moving. Ah, very yeah. good. Thank you, sir. No, yes. Sir, no uh, now, of course, the most famous to come out of uh, the Ducks, uh, you know, trilogy is yeah. the, the Flying V. Of course. Yeah. Uh, Austin Matthews, who has said that Mighty Ducks is his favorite movie, he calls it the most unrealistic play ever yeah. before adding that it's awesome. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It's uh, it's completely useless. You could never do it. Yeah. The, you, it'd be interference the whole way down as soon as... That you're not, you have to be in control of the puck. There's so many things that are gone wrong there. That did not stop you and your little hoodlum friends. No, we from, tried it from trying it. We tried it so many times, right? Yeah, over and over again. Come on, guys, we got to tell our coach this weekend. We got to do the flying V. Yeah, yeah, okay. Tell the coach you're at uh, hockey practice Sunday morning. Coach, yeah. can we do the flying V? Yeah, yeah go do 20 laps. Yeah, <laughs> just good. for just for asking. Yeah, yeah. One, uh, one more. The the knuckle puck. Yes. The knuckle puck. Now, mm-hmm. is there anything like this in hockey? Uh, you know, uh, there's like lacrosse moves now. Yeah. But there's no such thing as as being able to, you know, no. s- stand the puck up and... No, but I mean, I think 
it happens. There's a lot of situations where it happens. Right. And, and players have gotten a lot better at shooting the puck while it's bouncing, while it's yeah. moving. So sure. It's yeah. a great way to, to catch a goalie off guard, but um, yeah. never, it's never been set up. No, I mean, and it's, yeah. it takes so long to set up. Exactly. You know, that they, yeah. they have to disguise them. In yeah. the, you know to get get it off in, exactly in, in, in that's the right. One, right yes yeah the uh and and uh, finally uh the one the one the big change uh when when uh, gordon bombay when he pulls he pulls goldberg for gaffney right in yeah. the shootout in the shootout mm-hmm. now um can you change goalies mid shootout you cannot change goalies mid shootout right can you change uniforms mid game that I've I've never seen this come up, but I'm pretty sure no. I'm pretty sure that's probably yeah. 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 That that was a ballsy move Very. by Bombay. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So uh, you know, he's open for criticism mm-hmm. if if that goes wrong. Do you do you do you make that switch or or do you dance with who brung you? I'm going to dance with who brung me. Yeah, you're gonna stay with Goldberg. That's right. right. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, uh, it happened uh, recently with the Florida Panthers. Okay. Spencer Knight gets thrown in a game as a rookie, and yep. then they went back with him again. Yep. Didn't work out the same. <laughs> <laughs> One final question, Chris, yep. and perhaps maybe most important. Does Gordon Bombay sleep with Charlie Conway's mom, Casey? Absolutely. <laughs> he must have. <laughs> have no, Seems to be a reoccurring no, theme in these Mighty Ducks movies. There's have, always a single mom involved. Yeah, definitely. He's got oh a type. My, he's got a type. Gordon has a type. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, what do you think? Uh, You're just hoping. They, yeah. were, they made a good couple. They made a nice couple. They did. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I was happy to see her back for three yeah. after mysteriously disappearing. Maybe she eloped with uh, with Hans in two. Maybe she was stuck in Iceland. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah. You know, visiting mom. Maybe that's where Hans was. Yeah. Uh, so how about um, the the newest one, Mighty Ducks Game Changers on Disney Plus? Right. Now, where yeah. are you at with that one? Now I I watched the premiere episode yep. of of Game Changers, and Steve Brill, who wrote the originals, he also is responsible for for uh, the uh, the writing of uh, of this series. Mm-hmm. And uh, he thought um, he thought first maybe about uh, uh, that championship season. That's a movie um, uh, based on a play from the seventies, a movie in the eighties. Uh, Martin Sheen is in it, uh, Robert Mitchum, uh, a high school basketball team reconvenes 20 years after winning the championship. Okay. Never and, heard of yeah, that. it's, yeah. it's a great, it's a dandy. Okay. And, and, um, but then they realized, uh, of course, we're going to, we, we're going to keep it on kids. So we need a new generation yeah. of, of kids to, you know, focus on the, the big difference when the show opens is that the ducks are now the cake eaters. That's right. Yeah. they which is an actual Minnesota insult. Is it? Yes, it means uh, to be so rich you can have your cake and eat it, it too. too. Oh man, yeah. I didn't know that. So that's that's a that's a. I yeah, love it. I love learning. Ah, that's there great. it is, man. There it is. And that's that's real from that's that's, that's real from awesome. Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. and uh, they're just like the Hawks. You right. know, they're they're the ten time defending state champs. Right. They play at the Hendricks Hockey Pavilion. One of the many Easter eggs, you know, sprinkled throughout this production. I right. don't know if Don Tibbles is still about. <laughs> the the Charlie Conway stand-in, he gets cut from the Ducks as they move from the 9 to 11 age bracket mm-hmm. up to 12 to 14. Yeah. And that spurs he and his hardworking, blue-collar, single mom mm-hmm. to form their own team, the Don't Bothers. Yeah. So named when the current Ducks coach informs her that if your kid isn't really good at hockey by that age... Don't bother playing anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's one of a couple of shots the show takes at overzealous parents and the professionalization of kids' sports. 
Now, it'll be interesting to see where the series goes with that, if it goes anywhere, because the main action seems to be setting up not to stray far from the tried but true underdog, you know, formula of the original movies. Yeah. Uh, one casting note, Chris, um, that Dick Duck's coach is played by Dylan Playfair, uh, who's the son of Euler's assistant Jim, yeah. nephew of longtime Sabre player announcer Larry, and best known as Riley, as in Jonesy and Riley. And Shorzy, Shorzy. Yeah, yeah, from the series Letterkenny. Yeah. You know, as in, you know, fuck you, Riley. <laughs> Three things are going to happen. I hit you, you hit the pavement. Me and your mom hit L.A. to coach youth hockey. Yeah, I don't know how, how good my, uh, my Shorzy was. Oh, but yeah. that's great. That's oh, Shorzy. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, do any of the original ducks appear in the, uh, in the series? I'm, and I mean, I'm, I know Emilio Estevez is back, Estevez obviously. Is back. Who else? It, it, Who else some, is back? Some of the original ducks uh, do appear over the course of the 10-episode run. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, who, to what extent, uh, really not determined. Uh, and again, there, it's coming to an end here now. This, this Sunday night is, uh, is the last episode, mm-hmm. is uh, on Sunday, May 30th. So some of, the, some of the, I think they had four or five back. Uh, Charlie Conway did not return. I Joshua know. Jackson was yeah. not back. But it looks like they're going to get a second season. Really? Yeah. Okay. So hopefully maybe in the future. But but as you said, uh, the, the Minnesota Miracle Man is back. That's right. Yeah. And Gordon is grizzled. Yeah. Uh, he's Hans now. Literally, he owns and oper- <laughs> yeah. operates a rundown mm-hmm. rink. And uh, while he turns down the offer to coach the Don't Bothers in the first episode, I'd say it's a pretty safe bet that he'll get more involved as the season progresses. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I- is he bitter? Is he still drinking? Is he still hitting on plucky single moms? You'll, you'll just have to tune in and find That's out. That's right. I'm actually up to date on this one as well. Uh-huh. I've, I've watched it in the last few weeks. Good. A lot of, lot of reoccurring themes. Yes. And, yeah, uh, yeah. and um, it's, it's pretty good, though. I mean, it's not, um, I wouldn't say it's going to be a blockbuster. Nope, nope. But it's pretty good. Yeah, and it's uh, good content. Yeah. Eh? It's good content. Yes, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. And Terry, the legacy? The legacy. Well, again, you have to ask that question twice. Okay. Yeah, because, uh, you know, it's, uh, you're, you have to talk about Hollywood or you have to talk about here in the real world. Uh, either way, this entertainment franchise has been successful and impactful, and the numbers bear that out. In 1991-92, the year before the Mighty Ducks of Hollywood debuted, USA minor hockey enrollment was 195,000. A year later, it was 230,000. Before D3 in 1995, it was up to 350,000, wow. an 80% increase. In 2020, that number had grown to 560,000. Wow. The World Junior Tournament started in 1974. Pre-Ducks movies, the USA had one bronze medal. Since the movies began, five bronze, two silver, five gold. In the 2020 NHL draft, 52 Americans from 21 states were selected. Now, was all this due just to the Mighty Ducks movies? Of of course not. Yeah. But their cultural impact, coupled with the continuing success of the Anaheim Ducks, you know, this year's downtrodden campaign notwithstanding. (laughs) Yeah, of course. But uh, the other other teams, yeah, the other teams in what can still be considered non-traditional markets, that Florida series, eh? That whole Florida series this year was... Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. you know, and, and it, it can't be denied. I, Absolutely can't be. You yeah. know, it's, it's, you know, the Mighty Ducks really do 
have something to do with that. They definitely do. And, yeah. and uh, Mr. 99 had a couple of things of to course, do with that as right. well. But yeah. I mean, you're, you're definitely right. We've seen these stats aren't, that's not a lie. Yeah. I mean, um, the, 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 the growth of hockey in the U.S. Yeah. Um, since the 90s, yes. uh, astronomical. Indeed. Yeah. And, and, and that's in real life. So then, you know, cinematically, you know, uh, the Mighty Ducks, it's just another brick in the wall <laughs> yeah. of the vast Disney entertainment monolith. However, this was the first time a major studio made a kid's hockey movie. And uh, other than the concussion jokes that run through all three, Right. There's uh, they, mm-hmm. these, you know, that's uh, it's you feel a little weird a looking little back strange, a yeah. little strange. But that's, you know, these films, other than that, they yeah. hold up. They hold up pretty darn well. Uh, and again, as I mentioned at the box office, uh, Mighty Ducks and D2, they're still second and third all time of uh, for hockey movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've become a rite of passage for generations of hockey fans worldwide and an introduction to the sport for many others where hockey is not part of the tradition. Mm-hmm. Now, we can reserve judgment on the latest iteration, Game Changers, but the TV reboot of the series will ensure a surge of nostalgia for the originals. Uh, the bottom line, Chris, is uh, it, it's always good to see the game in the popular culture. Uh, that's how growth is supported. That's how memories are made. And remember, pal, ducks fly together. Quack, quack. Quack, quack, quack. Awesome, Terry. Thank you so much. Um, can we do? Can you give us a preview of what you have coming next? I mean... Folks, if those of you who are listening to Terry's breakdowns of these movies, um, he'd be more than happy to break down any hockey movie you that bet. you uh, that you want to want him to. And yeah. it, I, I think maybe Chris, uh, uh, with the draft coming up, yeah. I'm, I'm going to try uh, maybe something a little nonfiction and take a look maybe at the history of the draft. Uh, there's a couple of fascinating stories, okay, um, behind the NHL draft. And, uh, you know, uh, it'll be a good back and forth about yeah. uh, hits and misses. All right. It's an inexact science. It certainly is. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, there's... Uh, yeah. I look forward to that because oh, yeah. I have a lot of thoughts on that, yeah, well, especially with the way the draft is now. Yeah. 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 Well, and again, it's, it's, uh, it's morphed once again into a virtual, right. into a virtual thing now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, going back uh, from the original in the 60s uh, through the 1970s, there's a, there's a couple of funny true-to-life stories there. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you mentioned, though, uh, the listeners... Uh, if there's any, anything, uh, any movie you'd like me to take a look, uh, yep. more than happy to uh, spend the time and uh, come on in and break it down. Well, spend the time you do, my friend. Uh, I can't know. thank you enough for all the hard work you put into I, these episodes. I and it. uh, it's a lot of fun. I love yep. hearing them, and I can't wait for the next one. Looking forward to it already. All right. That all right, was Across dude. the thank Pond, you. and that's a wrap. Thank you, thank you, thank you to our amazing sponsors, the China Hockey Group, AccessoryHouseGlobal.com, Yardley Brothers Beer, Wheel Hub Asia, The Big Bite Restaurant, Sunset Studio, and Print House Limited. And a giant thank you to my producer, Andy, who makes us sound great week in and week out. And of course, Mr. Paul McLean, who makes everything happen here at the studio. Folks, check out our website at acrossthepondhk.com. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at acrossthepondhk.com.